1: Before we start today's show, a spooky part one Halloween adventure, I'd like you to know we had a little mishap this week between Brian and I having to quarantine from each other, Mercury Retrograde, and I think probably every single ghost we talk about in this episode haunting us, we had some technical difficulties. Well, more specifically, I had some technical difficulties, but the content is amazing. Henry fucking Zabrowski is joining us and we just had to put it out for you to listen to. So bear with us through a little bit of buzz here, a little uh, there. Brian worked his goddamn magic. So I sound better. And we really wanted to put this episode out for you. So please enjoy the show. And thank you so much.
2: プレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点でプレゼントの時点点点点点点点点点 Oh, oh my God! You're, you're like so a, spooky.
0: Yeah, I know. She's like a qu-
1: welcome to a very haunted edition.
2: <laughs> oh my God! So scary. Your
1: side podcast. You're, you're like an
0: Amish ghost beneath that patchwork quilt.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
1: Brian's Kentucky granny, I think, had this in mind specifically when she made this uh, 40 years ago
0: Ooh, that (laughs) definitely is a haunted (laughs) Afghan (laughs) throw
1: It still smells like chicken grease, you know what I mean? The woman could cook, from what I've been told
0: Well, hey, Mm. yeah, well, live, hey, everyone, live from quarantine, Uh, a new extra level of it. Andrea and Brian are quarantined from each other in
1: their house. Yeah, it's nobody had a scare or anything. We just needed a
2: break.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's not a health issue.
0: Um, (laughs) It's a mental health issue. Fair enough. Uh, Well, you guys, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin.
1: Hi guys, I'm your other host Andrea Wallace,
0: and joining us today, very very special. Our daddy's here again. He is, Papa Z. A, yeah, Papa Z. Our guest co-host Henry Zabrowski.
2: Yes, I don't. I am not mentally or physically prepared to be anyone's father in any way, shape, or form.
1: We we can we just wait? But can you be our
2: daddy?
1: You nice know, that's my question.
2: legally. I feel like I have to say no, but oh. on the side. I say yes.
1: Okay. Perfect. All right. I think... Uh, I cover my bases. I am a
2: lawyer. I'm a lawyer for myself. I deem myself as a lawyer.
0: Well, good. Now this is recorded, so you are covered. You're right. We're just going to call you then Zaddy, because like that Zaddy, I really Zaddy, Zaddy a
2: lot. We had to. Uh, Jackie Wood and I were talking last night. My sister Jackie Zabrowski. We were talking last night about how, like, she literally. We we were trying to sit and discuss like what her and her boyfriend and everybody else within the last podcast network like what we look like, and unfortunately, the term is it is dad bot. Is what we have, <laughs> but I think more that I have dad blood because I know my cholesterol is extremely high, and I I'm, I have to I don't know I think I'm pre pre diabetic, I don't know what I have. Oh no! It's fun. It's a fun. I love quarantine.
0: I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like I'm even getting dad bod, and I'm a woman, <laughs> and so it's just a quarantine sort of symptom where it's the types of. It's the type of weight I've gained that apparently you can only really pile on the pounds when you eat in bed a bunch. <laughs> so it,
2: It's the fat is settling. That's what yeah. I've learned. Yeah, it's like it's all settling in a different places because it used to stay on a heck of a lot more.
1: Yeah, yeah. It used yeah. to be buoyant a little, more, a little and now it's, more. Now it's just it's yeah, it's it's just it. it's I've been you know, working out a ton. So I'm like I'm getting that dill bod. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: I oh, like yeah. that. I like but it. I like honestly, it. Honestly,
2: my body is not the only thing that's spooky. It's October <laughs> and it's really nice to feel. I feel like because of quarantine and because no one's allowed to go have actual fun, we have, as a society are doubling down hardcore on the spookiness of at home Halloween.
1: Oh, yeah. I hear you. I, I look at dog costumes all day.
2: <laughs> we have I'm like,
1: I, he should have three this year, I
2: think. Nat and I, my wife Natalie and I went on a, a Halloween decoration buying spree. And we bought oh. all of the shit that like all the automated shit in like one go. Like we went and we were like, oh, this will be fun. And then this morning... Natalie was half asleep and she forgot to shut off the alarm and she opened up and all the alarms on went in the house and then all of the spooky things activated at the same time. And the house sounded like a big screaming version of the Haunted Mansion. And I was like, this is October. This is where I, this is where I wanted to be. Just That's jarred amazing.
1: away. I mean, it How exciting to have like a whole house to decorate for Halloween this year.
2: We are just filling it with little babies, like haunted babies and like big screaming pumpkins. It's fun. It's the thing to that's do. That's
1: amazing. I like the idea that you guys will like, need your own storage unit the rest of the year just to hold your Halloween um, decorations. I'm going to tell you
2: right now, I don't know if this shit's going to make it to a storage unit. I think my house is becoming spooky TGI Fridays, and that's really? just what it's going to be. I think I've become the, the restaurant shenanigans from Office Space. Well,
1: I mean, Glenn Danzig sold his house, so nobody somebody needs to replace that eeriness year-round, I think, you know? Oh, he
0: did? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was on the market. It's sold, baby. you left
1: Los Feliz? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Someone's going to flip that shit. That shit got flipped.
0: <laughs> flip Danzig's house. Um,
1: That's a great. We should make that show. Let's pitch it. You let's guys. pitch it.
0: I have to say uh, my neighborhood's on full Halloween blast as well. My little compound that I live in, four little houses. I kicked it off with some of my Halloween decor. And then slowly but surely the other neighbors got competitive and Mm -hmm. rightly so. I was I was kind of standing out in front of my porch like get it together, get it together. And then the neighbors to the left put on a little string of spooky purple lights in their push. And I was like, all right, it counts. It counts. And then the Halloween
2: Agnostics house.
0: It's totally fine. And then there's been lots of scary, scary gunshots just in the air. Ooh, uh, well
2: the
1: Lakers won. I know, Lakers the are doing well. So no, it... and I tell you what, the the minute I get out of quarantine, I'm gonna put a string of purple lights in my bush as well, guys. Oh, <laughs> well, let's get into the show,
0: shall we? Oh, yeah. Well, we're so excited. Before we dive into this special spooky two-parter of our now traditional Halloween annual episode, what if we were like, we're Halloween-themed year-round? <laughs>
2: That's my life. That is what I do.
1: The new format is Halloween and TGI Fridays, just like Henry
2: said. And
0: can we record out of your spooky spare bedroom? Okay. Well, before we get into it, like I said, we have uh, just a tiny bit of housekeeping for you guys. Uh, Some of you have already joined our Patreon. We have been live for just about a week. Uh, Henry, zaddy's the one who taught us about the
2: importance of Patreon.
0: And it's so good I mean, you endorse it,
2: right, Henry? I think it's very important to support our artists We have to do this And and Patreon allows you to be a part of the the people Keeping these podcasts afloat and doing all the shit I think it's very important to join Patreon
0: Uh, See, see, it's not just us Henry agrees It's a great, yeah It's a great way for you guys to give a few bucks a month and that gets you access to bonus content to some virtual hangouts with us. We're going to have fun and make the kind of content that you want. Uh, so you get a say in it just like our democracy. So here I go with another reminder to, uh, vote on November 3rd and fine. I'm done being a mom. Let's move into some, um, listener mail that we got, uh, in response to our episode all about getting injured on the job so i'll kick it off andrea if you want to get settled under your blanket right. i'm just
1: paranoid because it's dark under here and i want to make sure everything's working correctly so okay. scared!
2: <laughs> it's so funny to just see you in the dark like this <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's kick it off. All right. Hi, ladies. In my four years of restaurant work, I've had my fair share of injuries. Tons of burns, scrapes, and smashed fingers. God bless that. Thankfully, none of the injuries have been super serious, but one of them did leave a mark. At the time, I was a food runner at a steakhouse. We didn't use trays to carry entree plates, so I would carry three or four of them using my forearms and hands. It was a very busy night, and I was flying in and out of the kitchen. I grabbed three large plates, oh God, with giant porterhouses and ribeyes. Mm. Each had. I know Each had to have a knife on it Since we didn't roll them With the other silverware As I go through the outdoor I slip on the fake Wooden floors Of the bar area Land on top of the plates And hit my head On a bar chair Oh, oh Fuck I know she says, I was really embarrassed Okay That wouldn't be my first Emotion But I was really embarrassed As I stood up It would up, be mine yeah Right And in my shock, the only words I could spit out were, who the fuck didn't put the rug out here? One of my managers directed me to the office while the kitchen remade the order. He sat me down in a chair, asked if I needed some water or if I was hurt. I looked down to see some small cuts and a couple small pieces of glass in my hands. As far as I could tell, I hadn't been cut by the knives. I refused to cry and while holding back tears I pulled out the glass and asked for some band-aids that's rock and roll slapped a couple of those bright blue suckers on rubbed my throbbing head checked if my knees were bleeding and went back to running food Cut to a few hours later. i finally Damn. getting home, and when I take my shirt off, I see a short, semi-deep cut on my stomachs. One of the knives had cut me, a.k.a. she landed on a steak knife. Through the adrenaline and general chaos of a dinner rush, I hadn't even noticed. To make things better, there was black fuzz in the cut from my shirt. Since it had been a few hours, it had started to scab, and I had to reopen the wound to tweeze the fuzz out
2: of it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Wait, where did the
0: fuzz come from? Her shirt, her uniform, the knife-stabbed uniform uh, material in her. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, right? She says, I now have a funky scar from it, it but it it blends in okay with my stretch marks. Godspeed and good health, Kiara. Ouch, Kiara. Um, First of all, shout out to stretch marks. I like to call them skin lightning. It sounds way cooler so just everyone go ahead and start calling stretch marks skin lightning. it makes you sound like a badass like bam i ate so much my skin got superpowers um and that is absolutely
2: damn
0: yeah right uh Absolutely. Working in a steakhouse, I think we've all said it is the hardest and the scariest of the restaurant jobs because everything is about three times the weight anything should ever be that you carry.
1: Yeah. And having like serrated edges around you at all times is double scary. Yeah. Not to mention like when she fell down and she was like, we just all have this like we just go. I, at least I go to this place where it's just like, uh, nobody judge me. I will not be embarrassed. I must make light of this situation. Like I'm fine. Nobody, you know, I'm not going to show pain. Yeah,
2: it's you, you just have to, hold to do it, it, it in front of your boss. Well, it's because the problem is you're in front of your boss, so you're trying to act like super intense, but at the same time, you got stabbed in the belly by a knife. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like at yeah. that level, like if you're getting <laughs> stabbed in the belly, and you're like you have to figure like that's not like it doesn't make you weak to like not say something you know what i mean it's all it's all that's horrible
1: and and she says it semi-deep like what does that mean like (laughs) what like what does semi-deep mean is that like an inch is that semi-deep to somebody i don't know i I think kiara your only regret is that you didn't stand
0: up with the steak knife literally sticking out of your belly and be like yeah i'll be right there you impatient Uh... motherfucking table and walk over, yeah, for
1: sure. It's like <laughs> someone's like, um, "Excuse me, um, you have a uh, in your uh, yeah."
2: <laughs> Take it easy, yeah, like, um, honestly. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm a kebab.
0: I am a kebab right now. That is unfortunate. Well, I'm glad you are okay and you didn't gut yourself at a steakhouse. Also, I know exactly that kind of shitty fake vinyl wood floor shit that they put behind bars, and that stuff is
2: treacherous. Hey. Yeah, I can't imagine just all the slick steak grease and water everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's the par for the course. Par for the
1: course, everybody. (laughs) All right, moving on. All right, you guys. Yeah, move on. Next story. Here we go. Hey, y'all. I found your podcast a couple weeks ago and have been listening to nothing but it, especially at my current hellhole job. Awesome. I'm days away from leaving and it really helps take the edge off. Yes. Thank you for listening. I'm trucking my way through episodes in my daily binges, and I just listened to the Omnibus episode where Brian's story about the busser who couldn't find elbow grease (laughs) to clean the tables was shared and immediately thought of something similar. (sighs) My dad was the head chef of the pepper mill and then the regional chef of a series of them, which led me to travel up and down the California coast as I was a kid. At one restaurant in particular, this guy periodically came in hungover, and my dad would put him on egg duty every time he did that.
2: Ooh. What is egg duty?
1: <laughs> I think f- it's just you're in charge of making eggs, I would imagine. Oh, that's cool, um, I've never had a hangover, and I'm vegan, so I'll have to take my dad's word that it qualified as a type of punishment. <laughs> One shift, the same perma-hungover cook came in. He was constantly in my dad's way and slowing down the line, uh, the food line on a busy night. My dad, being one of the most convincing actors I know, approached the boo-soaked obstacle and said with all urgency in the world, I need your help to go upstairs and you need to go get the glue. All the taco shells are broken and we need to fix them before anyone can go home tonight. Go get the <laughs> taco shell glue and don't come back out here without it. Oh, my God. The poor guy spent 45-ish minutes rifling through the back rooms of supplies to find something that didn't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> but at least one of the taco shells didn't actually need any form of culinary spackle. Wait. Oh, my God. This is crazy. Thank you for all the laughs. And even though I don't think God is real, I wish you his, I wish you his speed and the best tips. Frankie. Frankie. <laughs> Um, that's oh great so to remind everybody if like nobody has listened to this uh yeah the call brian had a job um a long time ago where he there was a busser and like he was just kind of slacking and Brian was like hey we're not that busy go clean this like shelf or something and the kid's like i can't really get it clean and brian's like well why don't you put some elbow grease into it And like an hour later, the kid comes back to Brian and is like, I can't find the elbow grease. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, like like he went in the kitchen and asked them and the kitchen was like, oh, this is the best thing that's ever happened to us and, like, fucked with the kid for, like, an hour.
2: That's the thing is that then you become elbow grease boy for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, you sure do.
2: <laughs> well, no, that's Camino's that... where to find the elbow grease, and then you have to deal with it for, from now on. But I remember they used to do that. I remember in college the big uh, joke was to give someone a shot called the cement mixer that was supposed oh, right. to be, like, fun to do. And then you get, what was it? I forget it was, like, Bailey's.
1: And, and like something else, one fifty
2: one probably because oh, that's when they would make it, it curdle. Oh, uh-huh. So dumb! I remember falling, that's... being like eighteen, and being like, "These guys are going to think I'm so cool." And oh. do you remember <laughs> what
1: it was called if you put a little grenadine on it? No. Do you remember what it was called? An abortion. Shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: uh, boy! Back in the day. Oops.
1: Back in the day. Oh, when great. when
0: abortion uh, was legal honestly, still.
1: That's kind of amazing for his dad to kind of handle the situation like that. Instead of just being like, you're fired. Get that fuck out of my kitchen. You know what I mean?
0: Right. You know, listen, at some point, this guy's drinking is going to catch up to him. Anyhow, may as well have a little fun. Keep him on egg duty. And when he can't even handle the eggs, send him out for a stupid errand that has no end in sight. And you get the drunk guy out of your way. And he maybe sobers up and comes back a little more efficient. You know, I know I get lost in an egg yolk. It doesn't make me sharper as the day goes sp- on if you're just flipping eggs, flipping eggs, flipping eggs. Um, I think that would make me more drunk and woozy.
1: I have to say too well, yeah, because the smell of eggs all day when you're hungover. Mm, it's like you want to eat them. You I don't like it. Smell
0: them. I oh I love it. I eat eggs every day, bitches. Yeah. But oh my god. I was also thinking too Oh, no honey, cholesterol. No low cholesterol. Watch out for your dad blood. Um you guys have been to Australia,
2: obviously, once or twice or I've only been there one time, man. It was fantastic.
0: It was amazing. And like like you're saying, like the elbow grease, you know, the cement shot, all that stuff. When I was there, everyone fucked with me and they're like, Yeah, yeah, you gotta watch out for drop bears
2: and hoops. Drop rakes. bears.
0: Drop bears oh. and hoop snakes And I was just like What the fuck are those And, and now like, it's
2: like That's a bit that's been Taken over by the government Now they Shut put out, up like, signs For drop bears And they do all the kind of shit And I felt the same thing I was like I feel like this is a joke But I, these Australians I'm not certain Like cause to them Everything's a funny good time So it's like I don't know sometimes What they're what, Like I was like Is this a bit
1: Well what does it mean Cause I just immediately think It's like someone shows you Their ball, You know <laughs>
2: Well, because you know Australia
0: is home to all of the most lethal animals in the world are are, all in Australia so they also added on look out for drop bears bears that just fall out of a tree onto you and then hoop snakes meaning like it's probably a snake that eats its own tail and then rolls toward you and and I was like what the fuck um either way I only went about two feet in the ocean because I was so fucking scared
2: yeah, it's very scary because everyone also told me that Australia was filled with giant man eating spiders and all that kind of yep. shit. And honestly, I didn't see I didn't see any of it. No,
0: I just remember very bad food. Anyways.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, let's All right, here on. we go. I got this letter. I got this letter. Okay. Pizza and guns and a trans girl bouncer. I love your show so much. It's been so fun listening to your stories and reliving trauma for my teens and twenties. My name is Lirial. Uh, Lirial Jane Doe. Yes, that is my legal name. I'm a 35-year-old trans girl. In high school, I was not out yet, but deep in the closet. I got one of my first jobs in a pizza place in Key Largo, Florida. My friend told me to apply for the phone position, so I did. My not-so-official title was phone bitch. My first (laughs) night of training was terrifying. The owner was an old-school New Jersey Italian who moved to Miami, but after being robbed a few times, he moved to the Keys. That is literally uh, called the Florida Pipeline. (laughs) My training started behind the register Once I had the basics He reached under the cash drawer And grabbed the handle of a six-shooter revolver And asked if I've ever fired a gun In shock, but also out of pure honesty I said, yes, I grew up with them My family tried so hard to make a man out of me But it just didn't work He said, okay, good If you can't get the gun out Nod to the pizza cook I looked to my left and the pizza cook smiled And pulled out a A sawed-off shotgun. At that point, he looked me in the eye and said, I've been robbed three times, and no one has made it out the fucking door. I loved it. I was in. On payday, he pulled me aside and said, I don't like the fucking government. I hate paying taxes. I'm going to pay you half cash, half in check, okay? I smiled, took the cash and work my ass off for that guy. I love that job. Here's a side yeah. story. My second year of transition, I got a job as a bouncer at a country bar in California. I've been training Brazilian jiu-jitsu at this point for years. No one expects a trans girl bouncer to break up a fight and, break up a fight and drag men out the back door. My record so far, I put four guys to sleep and broke one guy's nose. But those stories are for another email. <laughs> Thank you for doing this show. I'm so excited when a new episode comes out. Good health and good tips, ladies. Wow, Lyrio. Oh, wow, that's I love that story. There Just is giving something a, giving a new employee a gun. I, I've been saying this at LPN, <laughs> and no one agrees with me about like hiring new employees, but also getting them trained for the coming street wars. Yes. Oh, do yeah, you mean the, like st- you
1: have to go through like an LPN boot camp, like if you get hired on.
2: Absolutely. It's so much and fun. I think- I, well, I also want uniforms and sashes. I'd like people to have more captain's hats. I want more. I'm trying not to turn LPN into the Sea Org, which is what I know. I was going to say it's saying. like Sea Org light. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm not going to make you pay. You get paid, and you're in Sea Org. See? And you get that a, sounds incredible to me. You get a
0: little tactical firearm training. All of this is Chick. just life skills, you know. So it's I say all about you. You show, you hack your life. You did the whole show. Hack your life. Get yourself a gun. I I never got to handle a gun. I kind of can't believe it. I kind of can't believe I never touched a gun. I definitely used a lot of blow torches, but no, like <laughs> there was a lot of fire and pyrotechnics, but no firearms, which was a bummer.
1: Just the bean gun. That's the only gun that you had, Brooke. Was, oh, wait, the, the, the infamous oh, bean gun. I've never told anyone that, so we're going to save it for another episode. Um,
0: I also love there's something that instills nothing but confidence in you like a gun. Thick Jersey accent and a guy, yeah, who, who you're like, yeah, he's killed a few people. I trust him.
2: <laughs> he he kills people over pizza. Yeah, that's how important pizza is to this man. <laughs> is that you? You try to come in there and steal the mozzarella, he's gonna shoot you in the head. That's a very big that the cook is saying. I've murdered the, m- many people. Yep. Inside of a restaurant, yeah, it's not a it's it's not a nuclear testing facility, it's not a it's not a bank holding the gold that is the basis for American currency. It's a it's a place where they sell Stromboli. I know it's yeah it's- in a
1: place where like six toed cats exist. You know, like it's like I think the key. I've never been to the Keys either. I I mean I'm sure they're they're sleepy, right? There's not much happening.
2: Yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't really understand where. I mean, honestly, these people all have PTSD. This is all just a unbridled swamp of trauma happening at this <laughs> pizza restaurant. But at the same time, it does sound like a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> well, uh, L- uh, Lirial, hats off to you, girl. Uh, so, so happy that you're a kickass bouncer and can break men's noses you and i we will get a long hanging out at a bar let me just tell you that much if we ever get to go back to one all right stay safe everybody um all right you guys if you want to send us your server submitted stories uh or just any complaints anything about anything send us pictures of your server veins we keep asking for them uh you know where to email it oh, yeah, please yeah sideworkpod at gmail.com now let's get into the show Okay. Right,
2: now we're getting spooky.
1: Spooky spooky. spooky. It's spooky time. It's our favorite time of year. It's Halloween time. I love digging up these like ghost stories about restaurants. It's really one of
2: become one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> well, I feel like it's a place that, because there's a lot of human energy there. But I also don't know, in the people who work within the restaurant community, oftentimes are an intense bunch. And yes. a lot of like, Fucked up shit happens inside of a restaurant especially in the back of the house. That oh, yeah, the customer would never see. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, one of my takes that I was thinking about today it's just like this is your place of work. <laughs> like restaurants get really busy. So just to like add ghosts into the mix, it's fucked up <laughs> to be like, yeah, yeah, I know, but I have to keep working. I know you're a ghost and I know you want me but like this table's pissed because their food was supposed to be here 10 minutes ago.
2: I also but think like, it attracts a certain type of employee. It certainly it's does. True.
1: But m- mind
0: you, the ghost is like, but I've been waiting 25 years.
1: Fuck that table. <laughs> the ghost is like, check, please. <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> oh, my God. So this first story, uh, I, my friend Sarah McCarthy from Chicago told me this story years ago and it just popped back into my head holy shit we have to talk about it this year um so here it is all 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 in written form this takes place in chicago um okay here we go she lives on the second floor in the women's restroom in the last stall not perhaps my personal choice of digs but i truly don't know anything about the afterlife and how its real estate works (laughs) That's where she lives, but you can feel her almost as soon as you enter the building. There's just something off. The eerie sensation really picks up as you start to ascend the red carpeted staircase. It's like walking into a different climate, a really spooky one. You may even feel a slightly choking pressure on your throat as you pass through a pocket of unnaturally cool, still air. You're definitely never alone, and it might be, probably, most likely, is her or it might be one of the other several others that call the Red Lion Pub home. There are many because the place is a full tilt boogie, absolutely no shit, it's famously haunted. As in ghost tours and published books and the like. Maybe that's why so many ghosts have taken up residency here. They still want their 15
2: minutes of fame. <laughs> I love that
1: he's like, <laughs> ghosts are just like, no, me. I'd love, oh, it's the, is the is the ghost tour coming through? Uh, Out of the way.
2: Well, it gives them energy. It feeds them. It does. Okay. I want to be a ghost paparazzi. You can be just start taking pictures of like just haunted corners. Go like you do that thing. We used to when Marcus and I went on a ghost tour of the subterranean world of Edinburgh in the UK, one of the favorite things that we did is that we'd wait for the tour to move and then we were in the complete pitch black darkness and then we would take our zoom. We would take our cameras and just flash photography into the corner just to see what would pop up. And man, you're just like, please be a little haunted boy.
1: Please. Oh, that's like the cat, the catacombs tour, right? So oh cool. fuck. I've heard that's terrifying. I've heard Ugh. so good. Okay. So there's talk of a cowboy, a blonde man, a man in a black hat, a little girl, sometimes various others. And then there's the woman in the second floor bathroom. Having spent a summer working nearly every night at the second story bar, I got up close and personal with this particular ghost and the many stories surrounding her. She was like an invisible, slightly pesky and totally creepy coworker who really just wanted some attention. (laughs) It's <laughs> like my favorite. Hey, hey, are you guys are you going out later? Bug, bug, bug. Oh my God, that's so funny. And she had countless methods to try and get your attention. The hair prickly goose bumpy cooler than they should be spots were frighteningly frequent and sometimes accompanied by a very strong scent of lavender, hmm. which is absolutely disconcerting in a place that usually smelled like British tap beer and fried foods. And in those days, cigarette smoke. Oh, wow. I yeah yeah. I guess she was feeling a little fancier on those particular occasions and would put on some extra perfume. Oh God, can we
0: talk for a minute about like old scents that like ancient ladies, like my grandmother who was born in 1913. Everything she wore was just like, oh God, this smells like a bygone era. I hate your perfume. My
2: grandmother's perfume was like a biological (laughs) war agent. Like it used to just you could like see it in the air I don't know why they thought I mean I don't know go to Glendale and you you could the the Drac there was Draco Noir yes Dracar Noir like that shit there's something about it where you could just see the tendrils in the air and, like, the
1: history of perfume, also, it was to cover up the smell of shit and dead bodies, right? Yeah, like sure. that's pretty much why perfume was brought about. So, it's, like, the stronger, the better. And all of that mingled together, I just, uh, that's, is, that's a lot of smells
2: I probably wouldn't be able to do very well back then. No, I. that's a problem. I'm real sensitive to smells. And I can't, I would not be able to have handled what I smelled like. I would just be constantly in one of those big tubs. <laughs> covered in various liniments
1: or like a a sanitarium top is Mm -hmm. that where you would be i hope
2: so honestly i feel like uh, if i'm if i was the same as i am now then then yes
1: (laughs) okay so uh on top of having a little extra perfume she also famously had a habit of dumping plates out of servers hands as they attempted to place them on the table in front of hungry customers And it wasn't a simply butterfingered waiter sort of thing. I could attest to the force of plates being ripped from the hands and propelling fish and chips halfway across the room. (laughs) And it happened a lot. Okay. (laughs) She's, what, is she Gordon Ramsay? What is her problem? (laughs) She's shit.
0: it's
2: shit. It's shit! You what call is it? that
1: fishing? Shit!
2: My favorite Gordon Ramsay. I wish it would do the thing. You ever see Gordon Ramsay do that one bit where he took the two pieces of bread and put it behind the next to the guy's ears? He's like, "You know what I call you? An idiot sandwich." <laughs> I still think that's one of my favorite <laughs> insults I've ever heard.
1: I think you have to say like legally, you have to say like trademark Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I think I do.
2: I think, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on that IP.
1: Of, of available in your Gelson's freezer section. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she also didn't. Uh, she also didn't seem to want people to leave at the end of the night. When you closed the upstairs at the end of the shift, one of your side work tasks was to pull the bar stools up on the bar itself and the chairs up on the tables, so the floor could be mopped and cleaned for the next morning. Many times, as I sat downstairs having a shift drink and doing my checkout, I would hear the sort of, like, the furniture moving uh, and then scraping across the floor. It was unmistakable what was happening. The first time I went back up, thinking maybe another server was arranging everything, uh, I discovered the chairs and stools pushed helter-skelter into the middle of the floor. I don't like that. But, of course, it was the end of the night, and I was the only one there. <laughs> Why? Why is it always
0: the middle of the room stacked on top of one another?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, look, it, I think it's like Poltergeist antics. It's like, ta-da! Like, I you know. love the pile
2: of stuff. And they talk about it. There's a couple of cases. Because, you know, the Ghostbusters joke when, he, when they go down to their library and then down the basement and they see the stack of books and, yes. you know, Dan Aykroyd freaks out. And then, you know, Bill Murray does this whole like, yeah, no human would ever stack books like this. But normal... <laughs> Ghost stories have quite a bit of that activity. It's a lot of stacking. I've seen that good like a time and time again when, uh, we had an old friend that had a one of the most haunted apartments I've ever seen and she would describe that she would come home and her coats would be removed from hooks in her hallway and placed in a spiral in her kitchen. It's literally it was one of the most intense. Okay. haunting things i've ever read and there's something about it and to me i think that the the point that the last person made about the go like the idea of like the ghost wanting attention it's it is about that it's about like if all if, of this is real if it has an intelligence behind it it's like please please pay attention to me like i'm yeah, here i'm
1: i'm
0: here yeah and it's so sad that like you're limited to just Jenga-ing things into that stacks, says. and yeah, not you can reeds. blow lavender
2: in somebody's face. <laughs> you can go like, that's really it. That's like what you have. Those are your skills.
1: You can throw fish. Mm-hmm.
2: That's it. You can go like this. You got one move. Yep. It's like an old time <laughs> action figure.
1: Okay. All right. So then there was her special domain: her bathroom stall. So fun. <laughs> Okay, she likes to lock the door when someone's inside. I've personally never been locked in, but there were many times that a girl would surprisingly be locked in the bathroom stall for an unreasonably long time if no one could hear her and no one could hear her calling for help. Oh, God. And in every case at some point, the door just popped open with supernatural force when the poor trapped woman wasn't even touching it. Maybe the ghost was, maybe the ghost in the second floor bathroom was just really enjoying her house guest. Again, like you said, Henry, wanting to be seen like, oh, here we, ha -ha. Okay. Then there was one time that the bartender was doing some office business out at the bar when he heard a loud hysterical shrieking coming from the bathroom. Thinking someone had gotten locked in again, he went in to see if he could help. The cries got louder as he tried to calm the woman down and ram the door open. The door remained solidly locked, and even as he tried to force it, it wouldn't budge. And the screaming inside was getting more hysterical. And then suddenly, one of his full-weight pushes, the door swung open easily, crashing against the wall. The screaming silenced abruptly, and, well, you guessed it, there was nobody inside. Fuck (laughs) that. I just got the goosebumps.
2: (laughs) That's so cool.
1: The building that was the Red Lion Pub on Lincoln is now shuttered and closed, and like I said, I don't know much about the housing habits uh, of the ghosts, but the examples I gave are simply a handful of run ins with the woman in the second floor bathroom. She is very prolific and committed to her haunting. And it makes me wonder if ghosts get bored or lonely. Do they miss having living humans to interact with or uh, are they content keeping each other company or do they just for the most part fly solo? Are they trapped forever in a particular building for the rest of their lives or time? Or have any of them been able to cross to a new haunt uh, if they choose to do so? And where do they go if the building gets torn down, burnt, or destroyed? We're going
0: to make you answer all these questions in a moment, Henry. Uh.
1: (laughs) I worry about the woman on the second floor bathroom. I spend a lot of time on her turf, turf. And truthfully, she cemented my belief in ghosts. We navigated a particular living and non-living communication. I feel like we had an actual relationship. And even though I know I was frightened most of the time, I kind of miss her. Oh, my God. Sarah, what a great, great retelling of that.
2: (laughs) Let me see if I can break this down. Let me see if I break these questions down. Yeah, they're they're really, yeah, I'm very, very curious. So they're active and non-active hauntings. You have like hauntings that are like a residual haunting that most of the time is... Something traumatic has happened in a space um, or just like something high energy. Sometimes it's a high happiness. Sometimes it's something like that. And what they believe is that a residual haunting, this type of thing, it, it imprints on the area yeah. and then it's just on loop. That essentially it's a thing you walk into and, and it's like one of the spooky things in my house where a human, maybe the way it works is that a human kind of gives off something, it's like psychic radiation, right? It's like a thing that comes out of you that allows that thing to kind of kick back on. It kicks on and you kind of watch a scene play. And then you have interactive hauntings, which is stuff that they see that this is where I get hazy, where it's this idea that there is a personality that is driven. In my mind, from what in my readings, what I'm starting to come to believe is that most things that change or sound as if they have a personality are more akin to psychic phenomena slash poltergeist activity, which is person centered so there's a person or something there that is driving the quote unquote personality of the haunting that there is uh that's why things move around that's why it responds as you be because it's a weird there's something about the non-localization of consciousness That they are still trying to work out, right? That the idea is that maybe there is buffering problems between the fact that our consciousness might not be inside of the physical meat of our brain and might live sort of like in a cloud around us. And it kind of can fuck things up in the present, like right in front of us. Like essentially wires can get crossed and things start flying around.
0: So it's, it's a bit of that, like, it takes two to tango. Yes. So if you have that energy out there, it's going to mix with the lady who's left a lot of her cosmic energy in the second story bathroom stall, you know? Yes,
2: or and it's how it transmutes, or the folklore has taken over. At some point, folklore, like the idea of it's becoming like an urban legend that there's a ghost in this bathroom, eventually begins to take its own its own. Like its own agenda, it starts living on its own. It's the, then you get into the concept of tulpas, which is the idea of like so many people can believe that there's a ghost in this bathroom. That you basically create a ghost in the bathroom by having so many people all feed into that idea.
1: Yeah. And it like evolves over time and that's the energy that it feeds off of. You right. Is a a legend going? Yes.
2: And you are g- generating a history for this, this entity. And the more and more you fill that out, the realer and realer it gets to itself and then also starts working on its own agenda. Or you get really wiggity wiggity and say that shit like. What if there are ultraterrestrial slash interdimensional intelligences that poke through? This is a whole other world where yes. they act like your grandmother. They act like this thing that you have put a personality. Onto, and then Ooh. they start acting in character because they're all they do is exist and be conscious, and they are drawn to our dimension for some reason or another because we look super complicated to them. Like, let's say, like, there's a really good book that I read for when we did the episode in Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Oh my that god, is about those this. episodes are amazing! I love that series, but it, I really like this idea of like that Jeff the talking mongoose is really this like very complicated, many layered interdimensional fart that sneaks its way through <laughs> and then just kind of works on our level. And the way it does it is be- becoming like a little talking mongoose to it's some like, form. And
0: it's like a bad mimic or it figures out where it's like, all I can do is slap plates out of hands. And that's what I do. But right, right. And, and this is my thing. Or like, I like the, Like, if you think about it, if everyone knows about this haunted stall, then every person who goes in there is bringing fear into it that didn't need to exist. And so wonder. Yeah, fear and wonder. And you're leaving that kind of energy along with, you know, whatever you're doing in the bathroom um, there as well. But shitting her. Exactly. Well, on,
1: on top of the buzz of a restaurant, on top of the buzz of people getting drunk and being jovial and buzz and movement, move, 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 Like they're that, I mean, I think restaurants are half, I mean, the energy charge that entities must get, must be incredible.
2: Well, then I wonder, cause I don't know if you guys believe, I know of all the cities I've been in, I felt like New York is one of the least haunted places I've been around, right? Like these, like there are certain places where there's so much activity, That it kind of blows it out too, because there's so much new. Uh, And
0: you know what? If I were a ghost too, I'd be like, man, I want to go be a big ghost in a small pond. Hell yeah, move to
2: Pasadena.
1: Pasadena, baby. Well, I mean, Brian went to college, I believe it was in Springfield, Missouri, and they're known to be one of the haunted cities like in the country.
2: Wow. Like
1: he had straight he had he had like a straight up ghost that would like move shit in his apartment. Like, like couches moved up against walls, like opening up like a monologue Shakespeare book to the monologue he was supposed to be studying that night. That's cool like, as hell. He saw a little boy in the basement, like really, really wacky stuff.
2: Yeah, it's because that ghost was like a, being in Springfield, Missouri, and then all his fucking noise rock band wasn't taken off because maybe the college scene is not as strong as it used to be.
1: It was actually because like there was like a couch from a van down there and it turns out they got it across the street from the neighbors and like a little boy died in that van and that's where they got the couch.
2: I love that idea of a ghost in a van. <laughs> in the ghost couch. Ghost couch. Ghost haunted objects like that are very ghost interesting. Couch. To
1: me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you just like so much attachment to a thing. I don't know. I don't know, all but right. I
2: also believe that. I always think about that when like, you know, my favorite shirt that I've had since I like, was like 18, I was looking at it being like, one day I'll die. And then when they sell this at the Goodwill, when they empty out all my things as a Goodwill <laughs> and like someone will take this shirt and I wonder if they'll feel all the ghosts of the, th- the burritos I've eaten in this. From uh, days they
0: definitely get that pheromone transfer from the underarm. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get that? I get, I get haunted by the vintage shirts I buy because their pheromones don't gel with mine and it
2: creates a new super B.O. It's like, do weird. You get that? That's why I had to stop buying vintage tees because yes. I was just like, I am just reactivating ancient pit stains. <laughs> in this That's thing. hilarious. It's, it's so real. I, will,
1: I like the idea. And I think our listeners would love this too, that like, um. Like when you, haunted pens, when you steal another server's pen.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> and
1: like you get, or a haunted wine key, and like the curse gets passed from server to server through the year. You just sound like
2: you have like debilitating to schizophrenia after a while. Like if you say if everything becomes haunted, then it's just like, you know how if like if everybody's the, the reason why something goes wrong, maybe you start looking at yourself, it's the same thing. If everything you touch is haunted, maybe you're the ghost. Hey guys, I've been meaning to send you some of my server submitted stories. I have so many been in the industry for about 12 years and I have experienced anything from being a witness for a surprise wedding at my restaurant to being chewed out by a mentally unstable person who threatened to kill me dealing with a ton of drunk customer encounters, some pleasant most not, or even my experience meeting and serving the gloriously accessorized Guy Fieri. He is, in fact, an amazing guy, and he was a great dude to hang out with. My nice. friend Nadia actually just met him, too, and she had a blast with him. Nice. In, oh, sweet, plague-free Florida. There's, <laughs> don't worry, it's not there. Don't worry. For Halloween, though, I figured you'd like some spooky stories, so I'll just tell you something that happened last week. I work at an incredibly popular restaurant that is 150 years old. Our establishment was a Wells Fargo stop, train station, and a brothel. We even have a basement with tunnels that ran throughout our downtown because prisoners and immigrants were not permitted to walk downtown. I believe it has also became a discreet way to enter the brothel. It became a restaurant in 1959 and has been one ever since. About 10 years ago, my best friend took over management and we installed cameras everywhere. In doing so, we now have actual footage of things moving and, quote-unquote, spooky occurrences. Most of the things that happen are not too bad. At least I tell myself that because there are days I have to close alone, so I keep the televisions on to create ambient sound. Eases the eeriness. My friends make fun of me, but the building was built in 1864. Statistically, people had to have died there. Apparently, the quote-unquote ghost was the quote-unquote madam of the brothel. Either way, back to the stories. My favorite story happened about five years ago. We have a camera overlooking one of our freezers, and one night we heard a crash or loud bang in the back. To our confusion, we saw a 10-pound pallet of bacon on the ground outside the freezer. We log the time, check the camera. To our amazement, we see, clear as day, the freezer door slowly open, the food get thrown out of it, and then the freezer door slowly close again. Oh my God. There was absolutely no one in the restaurant at the time, and that door is suction closed. It required a bit of effort to open it. So that was fun. I get it, though. You ready for that bacon? There's sometimes my need for like, and I don't want to be like one of those epic bacon Reddit people, but my need for bacon does increase as if I don't have it, and it becomes yeah, especially a boiling point. Yeah, a ten pound
1: point. pallet. Yeah, a ten pound pallet of bacon is like boner city. You know, oh I'd, I, I w- would, I would, I'd come back from the dead to move that. I would love
2: to see it. <laughs> that actually seems to be what happens most of the time. Our ghost just likes to throw things. We have videos of brushes, tongs, and jars getting tossed in the kitchen. We have chairs move now and then, or my personal favorite, the knocking on closed doors, which also happened to me when I was upstairs alone one night. The office door was closed, and someone clearly was knocking on the other side of the door. I said to myself, fuck that. And immediately laughed while calling my buddy the manager. That is actually my common response to ghostly things. You can see me on a few occasions on camera, look at the thing that moves, and I just bounce. Not today, ghost lady. Oh, and for you dog lovers out there, there was a time period where my friend, the general manager, was living upstairs. There was an apartment on top of the restaurant that we generally use for storage, but it is a two-bedroom place, so there's plenty of room. My friend has an amazing border collie who will never leave his side. They even sleep together almost nightly. For the Aww. first three weeks, my my friend living upstairs, his dog would lay with and wait for him to go to sleep. Once he was totally asleep, the border collie would jump off his bed, run downstairs, and sleep by the door at the foot of the stairs. Ew. Something did not sit right with him, and he knew it. Dogs have those heightened senses. Yeah, Unless it's a chihuahua, uh, because uh, when he just screams at shit.
0: Yep. Yep. Wendy. Wendy is a screamer. So is little Hank. Hank's a chihuahua mix. And Winnie is just when you hear the really low inaudible growl, that's when I get really fucking scared.
2: Yes. Because yeah. that's just like, what yeah. are you doing? But the most part, Wendy just barks at shit, because I, I, we read that article that said dogs are getting over bonded. In uh, mine the quarantine. is. It's
1: it's ah, uh, so it's
2: a problem. It's a whole thing. Oh,
1: they're they're, they're going, yeah. And when, when when it's over, they're all going to freak out.
2: Oh, no. When we have to go, well, now we do stuff where, like, we purposely, like, leave her alone. Just be like, you need to get back to being used to this because there are times when you are alone.
1: Um, I just go sit in the car.
2: Um, I sent a video of one of our iced tea brewing jars getting tossed over our bar. That is me in the video. And although you can tell, I ha- we have people in the restaurant eating outside of, of course, COVID times. My coworkers and girlfriend were just on the other end of the bar. And also, yeah, this picture of this little girl that they sent. It's a picture Ugh. of a little girl in an orange dress. I'm at work right now. This painting started crying about Ooh. one year ago. The picture is hung in our bathroom. We asked customers to check it out and try to explain it. To this day, no one can figure it out. It cannot be rubbed off. It is very creepy. It literally has two streak tear marks coming down the side of its face. It looks like it might have been done by someone, but... Still,
0: yeah, it's creepy. Still,
2: it's, it's super creepy. Come on,
0: if, if 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 there's a ghost that's throwing pallets of bacon out of the freezer, you bet you believe that that painting started crying. There's all sorts. This is a spook factory. This is yep. we're gonna po- we're gonna post this photo. Don't you worry, guys. It'll be live. Yeah,
1: and if you look down at like the bottom right, it looks like somebody drew a dick down there too. I'm just gonna. <laughs> No, it, doesn't. Oh, yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah. It. Was like, oh my god! But I like the idea of like oh. a ghost that's just like a, a ghost that just like draws dicks on bathrooms. That'd be fun as hell.
2: <laughs> Honestly, it'd be nice. I want an immature ghost.
1: Yeah, I'm, I know. I, I I think we're gonna get him eventually, right? Like of uh, the modern, in like a hundred years, we'll be like this fucking like overprivileged douche died when he was seventeen. He just draws dicks on the bathroom stalls, <laughs> and we can't get him off the Nintendo <laughs> no, be nice. Switch. I like the-
2: Get him off there. It's my turn.
0: Well, that was from Garrett. He says Godspeed and good. That's tips. very So the video he sent. That which, was very you know, scary. No, it's it's really frightening to see but like like or just the idea that like, ooh, like a really hungry ghost who's like, fry this, put it in the pan so I can smell it. I'm tired of looking at it all frozen and undelicious, you know? Telling you to fucking I I can get
1: behind like the like the frozen bacon coming out is fine by me, but like the fucking knocking, no, no sir, no thank you. Well that's just one
2: of those where you're just like it's so fucking creepy. I I do feel like a lot of times because you know, the way people explain a lot of this stuff is air pressure.
1: Air pressure and it's
2: also foundational problems. Like so it is a very old restaurant. So is is the floors uneven? Like that's the type of stuff that you would check if you were really going to tell whether or not this shit was going on. Because that's what they all say is that, well, the restaurant is slanting. That's why things are flying around. And that's the common debunking of stuff flying around.
1: And you know, I don't know if, if we we probably like touched on this before but just like if you've ever had to close a restaurant by yourself, right? If you've ever be the last one in. Anytime I still leave work out, the minute I shut off the lights, I'm fucking out. I run upstairs. Like I if I'm in a basement, every time I would have to change a keg, do any paperwork in the basement, I would run up the goddamn stairs cuz I could just feel the energy. And maybe it's just me being a fraidy cat. But man, oh man, if I ever had to go back in, like if I forgot something like on the bar, if I had to unlock and go back in, I would say out loud... I'm coming back in. I'll be, I'll be gone in a second. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Well, I don't mean to interrupt. This is fun. You said, you said
0: that exact thing a year ago on our Halloween well, episode with Henry. i saying it
2: again. <laughs> I will say when I used to close, uh, when I used to work at Borders, th- it was always very creepy at night. But I also wonder if there's something about the going from everything being very active to things being very still that it does something either just to our perceptions, like it does something to us, like wanting there to be something, expecting something to be something, or is there something like on the quantum level where like if a place is filled with a bunch of people eating and talking and yelling and drinking and doing this kind of stuff, and then when they leave, there's sort of like a leftover, like a hangover from all that activity where your brain is receiving signals like i'm being watched like there are things here that because maybe i mean this is bullshit what i'm saying i have no clue if this is real or not but the idea of like all of this all of this shit happening all day and you kind of because you're expecting engagement that you kind of get it
1: totally it's like the deafening silence after you're like at a rock show yes right yeah Yep, it's your brain settling in your
0: head again, Um, and we'll we'll post the uh, video that Garrett sent. But I've watched it a few times now. It's him pointing at the security camera footage, pointing to himself working, and it's like a big heavy mason jar filled with like they do these big uh, brewing iced tea things, and he's doing his work, helping a few customers. This thing just launches off the bar and onto the floor. It's pretty cool and rad. I mean, we are. I'm excited.
2: <laughs>
0: so we'll finish on our final spooky haunted restaurant story from you guys. Uh, this one, the subject line is a haunting of our own making. So- Okay, so she says, Hi, ladies. I haven't written in a while. I've been enjoying everyone else's server submitted stories. You asked for ghost stories this week, so here you go. And this, by the way, is a return uh, story from Nicole, who gave us the Chronicle of Unnamed Chicago Bar stories. Hi, Nicole. Okay, so she says, I know both of you spent some time in Chicago and are familiar with what a typical basement looks like. This just feeds back into what Andrew was saying. Anytime you have to go get supplies from the basement, you're just like, make it fast, make it fast. So, okay, what a typical basement looks like. For everyone else, bar basements in Chicago usually look like some sort of catacomb dug by hand 200 years ago. Don't expect to stand up straight. Very true for New York as well. I was working in an Irish bar, no longer exists, that had a basement no one ever wanted to be alone in. Even during the day, it was dark, damp and had this creep factor to it several of us swore we felt like someone was watching us when we were down there and it wasn't even the cameras or your creepy boss watching you do things <laughs> on the cameras It's <laughs> usually what it is when you feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up
2: yeah it's like greg just being like yeah you look uh you look kind of tense tonight do you need like massage or something
0: Exactly. Greg energy. All right. We also shared stories about how in this one corner, we swore we saw a shadow of a person as if you thought someone else was down there with you. So you'd turn to say, hey, but no one was there. Even though the basement gave us all the willies, we still used it to haze one another. I love this. This is when you do get into trouble. This is the start of every good ghost film. Okay. Right? Yes. There were two staircases to the basement, rock steps down from the kitchen, or wood slat stairs from behind the bar. Oh, these are the worst. She says, the kind in horror films that are open under the slats, as if a hand could reach out and grab your ankle. Ick. Yes. Yep. Ooh. Okay. I bartended with one server on Wednesday nights. She would avoid the basement at all costs. So my manager and I made it our mission to try to get her to go down there for any reason. He or I would give her a task that required going to to the basement. And the other one of us would use the opposite staircase to go hide and wait for her. You guys
1: are assholes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. She said patrons could hear her scream from the basement. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: Laughter awesome. would sue. I know. God, I miss having a job. Anyways, I have no idea how this worked every single week. The CO2 tank was underneath those creepy wooden stairs. One night, our manager opened the CO2, so it sprayed her ankle.
2: What That's awesome.
0: Is? And made that It's like a haunted house. Truly. It's like, sh- It made that startlingly loud sound as she was coming up the stairs thinking she had made it out of the basement unscathed. In retrospect, she could have broken her neck and that was stupid. Don't worry. We're still friends and we're still mean to each other. There we go. Here's the creepy part, though. One day, our manager went down to hide and wait for her, but she finally wised up. He came upstairs an hour or so later to tell me that she was much sneakier than he realized, and he gave up. Sneakier than he realized. What? She never went downstairs. Yes. What are you talking about? I asked. Ooh, ooh! His reply gave me goosebumps and it still does. He said, uh, yeah, she did. She's been slinking around hiding behind things. We've sort of been chasing each other around. And then Nicole goes on, guys, the kitchen had been closed for a couple hours. The cook left. The waitress we tortured had left shortly after he went down there. I watched her get in her car. I honestly forgot that he was down there. Him and I had been the only two people working in the bar for the last Hour, It couldn't have been a patron because they'd all been in front of me and I'd never left the bar. My manager insisted we were fucking with him and appeared to be unbothered by this, which is weird because he was afraid of ketchup and the dark, both separately. Whoa. I know. My takeaway from this, use the buddy system in bar basements if you can, or shamelessly sing to yourself because sometimes if it's not the drugs, it's the ghosts. Nicole. Ooh. Oh Ew. yeah Ew. <laughs> Oh Ew. yeah You were playing hide and seek With something that wasn't your co-worker
2: I hate it That's awesome
0: It's so cool But it is like that Like they made the ghost happen Like they yep. were putting shitty energy down there
2: Well they they inspired it Yes. Yes, They inspired it. And then it goes, you know, to me, that's, that is the definition of what they call a tulpa, like that idea of like you Mm -hmm. create a thing. But who knows? But again, you're expecting it kind of. So she's projecting it out and kind of getting it back. And she just didn't think that it would be, because it's just amazing how, what the human mind can, like how it can complete it. It can complete the, the hallucination. I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that, you know, reality is made by our brains. Yes. Yeah. So if you can con- fully convince yourself of this shit, you're gonna see something.
1: I mean, at least it was a playful, jovial energy. You know what I mean? It was just like we're here to have fun and fuck around with people, and let's all it's all for a laugh. You know, we're all friends here.
0: Ew! I still, it's like she's a lot sneakier than I thought. Ew! Ew! ew. Um, That's awesome. Henry, is. would a tulpa be attributed to the scene in Ghostbusters when Ray thinks of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man and makes his nightmare come true?
2: You know, technically a tulpa is way more involved. Technically, like, a topo, like, if you were to create one, it takes a while. Like, that's the idea is that you have to sit and you draw a picture of the thing that you see and you apply it a name and you give it a backstory and you build it. Because it used to be, in esoteric Buddhism, they were made to be, like, helpers. Like, they were made to be sort of, like, they go and get food and they get all the things for you and kind of shit, like, if all of that is real. So, something like that with Ray... But, yes, that is... Essentially, a shortcutted version of a tulpa.
1: Right. It happens like, but like a tulpa would be something like the evolution of like the chupacabra or something, right? Well, in like
2: folklore? I think it's stuff like, you could probably say the ghost that's in the Lincoln bedroom is something like a tulpa. That Got like it. the ghost when you went to the Winchester Mansion, like at this point, like stuff where it's like you th- have things that people have thought about it so often and have created so much lore around the thing that truly it's living rent free in your head and you're bringing it with you and you're making it come to life. I think we it's need interesting. to start-
0: we need to start thinking of helpful atulpas, however you say that, uh, for restaurants so that the food starts running itself. You know what I'm saying? That yes. would be incredible and it'll be like
2: a Disney movie. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> Let it begin. Let it
0: begin. Let it begin. Um. Well, listeners, everybody, you guys sent in some killer stories. We love it. We love hearing the wild shit that happens to you all around this wacky country with all these old ass scary
1: bars and restaurants. Um,
2: I want to go to some of these restaurants. I do, too. Oh,
0: yeah,
1: me, too. I absolutely do. I, I, I want to find out where the tulpas are. Terry the tulpa. That's the tulpa I'd like to find.
2: I really <laughs> Terry, got to excellent. see. Yeah, I want to go excellent. to that old restaurant that it is. I want to go to that place.
0: Me too. Oh, the hundred. Yeah, the hundred and fifty year old one that used to be a brothel. I, yeah, I do. I, oh, man, I want to. You're right, Henry. Got to make the spooky stuff happen at home this year because I'm really hankering just for something different. I want to get out of here, but we're going to have to get weird at home, people.
2: Well, now <laughs> we, we're going to try to do one of those haunted Halloween drive things. Okay. So we're going to try to do one of those. Um and again, yeah, just sit in your backyard and just make and get a bunch of chains. You can buy a bunch there of chains from Home Depot and just drag them up and down your driveway <laughs> and just see what happens.
1: If you haven't, I would I would highly recommend hiking up the Los Hollywood Hills and see like looking into the windows of the murder house if you've never done that. Okay. Ooh. It's actually it's a super scary hike and apparently that whole area right there, I have a client who lives over there and a lot of creepy activity happens in houses all over and they think that it was a burial ground initially. Where is this? Where the houses were. It's in Los Feliz, it's in the hills where the murder
2: house is. Yeah, there's a hike? Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's oh, you, yeah. Just hike the, you just hike through the neighborhood uh, basically and if you keep going up, 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 then you can get to that the really cool uh, Frank Lloyd Wright house where yes. um, where Blade Runner was filmed. Yes. You know, yes. so it's it's a it's a really really fun uh, hike, and it's all outside. But I looked like directly into the top windows of uh, the staircase of the murder house, and it was like this particular time of day where like you could see in, and the light was hitting it and it scared the shit out of me. I took a photo of it, and then later on deleted the photo because the
2: photo scared me so oh, much. Yes! I, was
1: like, I was like, I shouldn't have this photo. It's too much. Like,
2: <laughs> No, I want to go. I'm going to go. Honestly, you probably, who knows? I honestly think that that sounds like a fun thing to do this. like, Yeah,
1: and get get exercise at the same time. You oh, know? That's so oh. L.A.
2: So L.A. Yeah, see so murder and, and get your buns tight.
1: Get your heart rate up. Get your dad bod built, you know? Amazing.
0: Well, Henry, thank you so much. We adore you. We appreciate your time. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to part one of our Halloween Spooktacular, the 2020 version. Um, We'll have some more fun stories for you next week. Guys, check out everything uh, Last Podcast Network and especially Last Podcast on the Left with Ben, Henry, and Marcus. That's how you can spend some of your Halloween waning hours and days in quarantine is catching up on episodes if you've never tuned in or checking out the latest stuff um guys the Bill which one was really fun i enjoyed
2: that oh i love God, that yes. story and i'm so excited we're keeping it spooky this week we're getting we're doing even spookier shit we're getting into some creepy tales from the internet and then what we're going to do is cover one of the most like brutal murders and the brutal to like true crime stories that we've covered in a long time for Ooh. the week of halloween i'm very excited okay
0: we'll be listening um well you guys andrea how do we end every yeah. episode
1: uh you know what we say we say godspeed and good tips and Tip! Health.
2: tip. You yeah. guys should be tipping extra during the pandemic. You guys should be yeah, tipping right. extra big time, oh, especially oh, your servers. If you're drinking outdoors, you should be tipping those people because they are, they are putting their lives on the line just so you can get drunk. And I tell you what, it's much easier to tip once you've had like four drinks. Yes, it you guys is. heard. You
1: guys heard
0: what Zaddy said. Yep, you guys heard Zaddy. <laughs> tip, tip, tip your servers, and then if you have anything left over, come to our Patreon and give us a tip.
1: There you go. Oh, keep it spooky, you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Hors.
2: Ailsen.「うんままうんまま」